0: radio podcast.
1: MHR Radio!
0: (laughs) MHR Radio. And uh, that's Kyle. Kyle's Kyle's here, as always. But we got a cool, cool,
2: cool special guest uh, coming up for you guys. Can I say it? Can I say it? Yeah. I've I've been DMing this guy on Twitter for like two months. Like, come on our podcast, come on our podcast, come on our podcast. He says yes every time. He's awesome. Duke (laughs) Nacho, Bronco's starting safety, training camp star, freaking hard hitter, could be a linebacker. we asked him questions for 20 minutes, He exclusive interview here on MHR Radio Podcast. We're excited to share that with you guys. <laughs> we're going to have the
0: whole Broncos secondary by the end of the season. I think we've had Champ, Kayvon, Matt
2: Duke. That's true. we got to get Chris Harris. we got to get DRC. We've got we to gotta round them up. Yep. <laughs> we got to cover those who cover. So
0: we're happy right now, but what wasn't happy was news that we got over the on saturday actually of, of john fox getting lightheaded and and oh, originally reported as a heart attack and uh he's in charlotte um he's okay um, he's since he was scheduled to have surgery on thursday but he ended up having surgery on i believe monday, monday?
1: yeah he
2: had the surgery on monday it was in- incredible it was something he was scheduling for after the season from according to reports an aortic valve replacement. It seems like it was a pretty serious condition because it snuck up on him. So thankfully he followed his symptoms. He listened to his body and not until he finished his uh, chip shot for par though. We <laughs> saw that on MHR.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Peyton, Peyton wanted to make it absolutely clear that he that he uh was able to make par before he went to the hospital. <laughs>
2: What if he died making par? Would it have been worth it, coach? Jeez, go to the hospital. You're feeling lightheaded. You have a heart condition. Get out of there. Uh. <laughs> so one of the things, um, actually, I, I should
0: probably talk about this, because being that I was the one that, that did it a little early. Uh, Jack Del Rio was named interim head coach, <laughs> which we had on Sunday
2: and Monday. We were the first to report it, falsely. <laughs> we had a, a bit of um, – I don't know. What hey, whatever. We, we, we publish early. It's okay.
1: Uh, we, and we
0: so to Jack, Jack Del Rio, to, I think most fans' uh, liking was named um, head coach, some interim head coach. Some fans probably wanted someone else to be named interim head coach so that Jack Del Rio could continue to focus on the defense. But I don't know that Jack Del is going to lose any focus on the defense as a head coach. You just have to make decisions on fourth down, uh, challenge flags, field goals. it's It's nothing that he hasn't done before. He's been a head
2: coach for quite a while. Yeah, he talked about that on Wednesday, but it's one less smart person, really smart person, watching the football game. That's what bothers me the most about it. I mean, how do we know whether or not John Fox, who has a defensive background, sees something from the defense and tells Jack Del Rio about it, and then Jack Del Rio tells his defense about it at halftime? There's one less guy out there who's at a very high level watching this football game, and I think uh, fans aren't valuing that enough. It's something people think will just be fine, you know. It's John Fox, Jack Del Rio is a head coach, and he can keep calling defensive plays, and it's going to take away some of Jack Del Rio's focus. It's going to take away some of his ability to see and read and react, which his defense is best at. It's second half adjustments. I'm concerned about losing John Fox. I really am.
0: I heard a conversation um between I don't know if I should mention names, but the former Bronco and a longtime uh person who covered the Broncos who they weren't really convinced that Jack or John Fox does all that much. <laughs> I mean even Tom Nalen Tom Nalen on ESPN radio in Denver was saying, you know, if you see a guy joking with the kickers, he's probably not working
2: too hard and that's who <laughs> we compare John Fox to. That's true. You see, you see John Fox do that in a lot of practice. But you always see head coaches do that. I think the head coach, uh, yeah, he's running an organization. He's the most distance from the football field. So that is a good thing. But it's I'm still the head coach. He still has to throw the challenge flags. Maybe we'll improve in that area. <laughs> Get well, John Fox. Do not confuse my frustration with John Fox's football decisions with my hope for his well being. well john fox get healthy (laughs) love you as a person love you do better and uh take this opportunity to review your reviewing (laughs)
0: right and um initially you know the report was four to six weeks uh off the top that was the Jake glazier from fox report and then adam shaffer came in and said as many as eight weeks um eight weeks is how far we have from now until the end of the season Four weeks is just enough to get us through the hell portion of our schedule. Um, upcoming Broncos have the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Patriots, and the Chiefs again. So John Fox probably couldn't have taken a better time <laughs> to avoid stress. <laughs> that,
2: that's true. Yeah, better better for his valve to act up now than a week in the middle of the game. Ian, if if we go 8-0 during the stretch and John Fox is ready to come back, do you want him back? Do you I, do you want him back, or do you want Jack Del Rio to keep that momentum going?
0: You know, I think they both kind of got strong-armed as head coaches when, when John Fox was in Carolina and when Jack Del Rio was in Jacksonville. They both kind of got strong-armed into drafting quarterbacks, and neither one of them was really interested um, in in playing. I don't, I can't imagine that John Fox was on board with getting rid of Julius Peppers and drafting, I don't even remember the quarterback's name, do you know they're he's, like the, he's not
2: even the second string quarterback in Carolina right now He's still on the roster I don't know his name
1: yeah, and, I can not remember
2: either That's the thing Backup quarterbacks who don't amount to anything You forget the names
0: So you draft him at second overall Or whatever they were And then next year John Fox is fired And they end up having to draft another quarterback With the first overall pick uh, Which happened to be Cam Newton And John Fox ends up in Denver And drafts Von Miller But uh, And then Jack Del Rio ended up with he had David Garrard for a while. Jack Del Rio actually went to the playoffs twice. He had a 12-4 season and an eleven and 5 season. Um, both times he ended up losing to the New England Patriots, once in the wild card and once in the divisional. So this is a coach with playoff experience. But um, I don't know. I, I would have want. <sighs> it's hard. I think Jack Del Rio is gone at the end of the season. If, if, if He has an 8-0 season and we don't make him <laughs> head coach.
2: What, what if Jack Del Rio wins the Super Bowl with the Broncos? Let's just go into that realm. What, what if, I mean, for reasons, help or not, John Fox cannot finish this season, cannot finish this postseason. Jack Del Rio leads this team to a Super Bowl championship. Who's the head coach in 2014? If He's Jack not. Del Rio wants it. I mean, it, if he wants the USC job, he'll take the USC job. But otherwise, mm-hmm. the Broncos, do they offer Jack Del Rio? You just want a Super Bowl. You, you can serve Broncos. a head coaching position if you won a Super Bowl, Right.
0: You're in like a you're in like a Jeff Hostetler, Phil Simms territory
2: there. I think. Uh, I? don't even know what that means. Okay.
0: Jeff Hostetler won the Super Bowl with the New England, uh, New York Giants, while Phil Simms was injured. Right, that's a quarterback Sims. though. That's quarterback. I know. We, we, they kept Phil Simms. Same situation in Denver. John Fox was making five million dollars a year. We just. Are, are we still paying Josh McDaniels? I think we might still be
2: paying Josh McDaniels.
0: salary. Maybe we just ended last year, but there was, you know, he's not... we're
1: still
2: paying Josh McDaniel's salary, I'm going to hack the financial institutions of, of the world. I'm a computer programmer, everybody. I can do this. Yeah. And intercept his money.
1: That's ridiculous. Are you kidding me?
0: We had Shanahan on the books for, I think, three more seasons, and we had Josh McDaniels on the, on the books for two seasons. So at one point, we were paying three head coaches. We were paying
2: like yeah. Shanahan. I remember hearing that, but I think we're done now in 2013. And
0: I don't know if you can absorb... I don't know if you can absorb John Fox's salary. Uh, I, I don't know how many more years he has. I assume, let's say, two. And a, two so you think it's a
2: financial decision? Do you think that his, his salary will will drive whether or not they try to find a way to release him? I don't know yeah. about
0: that. $10 million on the books. I, I guess they gave $7 million to Elvis Dumerville for, for a broken fax machine. Maybe they, would, maybe they would eat it.
2: The Broncos have a pretty good owner. They have an owner who understands that the important thing is winning championships, not filling seats. I mean, yeah, he's a businessman. He wants to fill the seats. But, you know, you respect Pat Bolin because he pays the money because he wants to win a Super Bowl. You know that about Pat Bolin. And if he wins the Super Bowl with Jack Del Rio, you think he's not willing to eat $2 million for another Super Bowl? Well, he's willing to do that. Yeah, I agree with you.
0: I don't know that I don't know that the Broncos are getting rid of John Fox. I don't know that, that I'd want him to. I mean, he's been... And he's been successful with Tim Tebow. He's been successful with Tim Tebow. Let's just leave it at that. Like, John Fox will be okay with Brock Osweiler. John Fox will be
2: okay with Zach Dicer. That's where the where the dice roll. Um, Here's the thing. It would be such a toxic situation, though. I mean, the more I think about it, if the Broncos were to win a Super Bowl with Jack Del Rio and then John Fox came back and Jack Del Rio was still a defensive coordinator, yeah. it would be, oh, my God. There, there'd be no way. Fans wouldn't be able Any misstep, any lost yeah. game... The standards would be too high; it would be insurmountable. So you're in the, exactly, you're back
0: put the you're back in the Tebow Peyton Manning situation. Got to cut one of them because yep. Peyton
2: Manning doesn't want Tim Tebow up his neck every time
0: something goes wrong.
2: Anyway, let's focus on one game at a time. We'll, <laughs> we'll break down the Chargers and, and the Chiefs a little bit after the break. After we talk to Duke and e. Nacho.
0: So coming coming out of practice today, we had a bunch of injured Broncos, including Peyton Manning, Julius Thomas,
2: um, Dookie and e. Nacho. Dookie and e.
0: Nacho. So everybody practiced today except for uh, Champ, Duke Nacho, and Wes Welker.
2: And and I... today, we record Wednesdays, everybody. This, this is Wednesday, or after practice. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's all good. We, we forget about that sometimes in the podcast. You probably heard us talk about Wednesday or today, and you're like, "This? I'm listening to this on a Saturday. What the hell is going on? We're, we're getting better at it, folks. So Wednesday, three players did not participate, Champ, Duke, and Wes Welker.
0: And when you say don't
2: participate,
0: you know, I mean, what's well if we Nacho, we're out there doing stretches during the media portion of the, um, practice. Media is only allowed, I believe at the first 15 minutes of, of practice during the season. Yep. So really all you're seeing is, is stretching. Like you're, you're not seeing plays. You're not seeing, uh, uh, formation, formation or. You don't see anything. Depth really. Yeah. You don't see anything. Yeah. So pay no attention to those, uh, Bloggers, no, I'm
1: just
0: kidding. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back out with uh, Dookie and Nacho. Stick around.
2: MHR Radio Parker. HR Radio Podcast. Bronco star safety Duke Nacho. Duke, how are you doing today?
3: I'm good. I'm excellent. How you doing?
2: Excellent. Now that you're on board, thanks for joining us. Uh, how how was practice uh, today? We know that you were listed did not participate. How how are
1: you feeling?
3: Uh, I'm feeling better. You know, what I mean, it's a, it's a day by day, day by day process for me. Uh, so I'm just trying to ease back into it, but uh, I'm feeling better than I have been.
2: Uh, do you think? There'll be any change to your status this week? Are you taking it one day at a time,
1: or what are really, I'm,
3: I'm just taking one at a time. I'm just gonna uh, go back to treatment and then just trust the trainers and you know see what the trainers say, and uh, we'll make you know decision based on how I practice going further this week.
2: How's the mood in that locker room with John Fox? You know, having his own medical condition and going into surgery. Uh, what, what's it like in the Broncos locker room right now?
3: Oh man, we're still optimistic. You know. Uh, obviously, we have prayers go up to Coach Fox, and, you know, we're all, all concerned about his health and, you know, his family's uh, well-being, but uh, we're optimistic, and um, we believe he's doing well, and um, we just, you know, sending prayers and uh, just remaining remain positive about the situation. It's an unfortunate situation, um, but I think he'll be better back in no time.
0: Duke? At the beginning of the season, Leslie Woodyard said that no one on the defense was surprised by your success. That they've been watching you for a year. At that point, what do you think made you a starter this season as opposed to last season?
1: Uh
3: man, you can you can name a lot of things, man. You can you can you can look at the way I trained in the off season. Um, you can just look at you know how I studied in the off season and uh, uh, my confidence and uh, you know opportunities. You can name a lot of things. Um, it was just I think it was just a uh, getting a year under my belt made me a lot more comfortable with the guys and a lot more comfortable um, with the defense. And, you know, I just got back to being myself like the way I was in college, it's just playing free and playing aggressive without having to think too much. So after a year, you kind of know the playbook. So it's, it's easier to see things and, and things slow down. So, you know, you can put your own tweak on things. So, therefore, you can play faster and, and just be yourself. So I think that's the biggest thing changing this year. Um mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of it kind of, it started last year and towards the end of the season because I started getting really comfortable and really just started playing fast against, uh, well, I was, I was obviously scouting the defense, but just against those uh, first team guys. And you know, I just felt pretty confident playing. And then, you know, I kind of made it a, a, a goal and a mission to, you know, come in this year and try to earn a spot.
0: What is life like for a practice squad player? Is it just. Every Different every week?
3: Nah, no, ain't too bad. <laughs> yeah. Not too bad. I mean, you... You, you honestly, uh, you, you feel some kind of way because you feel like you should be playing and, and you belong and uh, you want the opportunity, but at the same time, there's a lot of people um, that wish they were in front, on the practice squad. So, you, you know, at the same time, you're blessed. Right. And I feel like that's how I went at it. Yeah, I, I looked at it, well, I could not be here, but they kept me around for a reason. And, you know, if, if, if they do not want me, I want to be a press squad, so as long as I what, had the mentality, where I just kept kept working, and uh, you know, just stay stay the course and not get discouraged. Because I was press squad. I was really fine, press my like life, on press squad is not not too bad. We do everything just sit
0: What do you think? Uh, what's like one takeaway you could say you've had since from the Baltimore game until until now? Like, what's the one thing you're like? Oh my god, I had no
1: clue about this.
3: Oh man, uh, probably the um, you know this is my first year of playing, so probably the length of the season how how does it wear down your body? So I mean, I'm so used to you know being in college where I play 12 games, and uh, if you like include the preseason, we we've already played you know 12 games. So yeah, uh, so yeah, that's probably the biggest adjustment is just the length of the season and how many games to play.
2: What would you say has been your best game so far as a starter?
3: Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say because I felt like I've been I playing. I felt like I was playing well in some games, but didn't end up finishing the game. And you know, I played whole games and didn't play as well as I, I felt like I should have played. So I mean, it's hard to say. Um, but you know, I think I had a lot of fun. The Boston one game, I had a lot of fun because it was just my first game. and you know, just the first time experiencing the crowd and the intensity. So, I would say that's the best fun game. I, I can't really tell you what my best game was, though.
2: Did you have the butterflies? Were you nervous in that first game?
3: Nah. You know what? I wasn't. I wasn't. I was I was more nervous for the first preseason game than I, than I was for the Baltimore game. Um, I don't know why. It's kind of weird. But I used to get nervous before every game in college. Yeah. And even, I mean, I'm talking about every every year, even when I was a senior, even after I played 40-some games. I didn't get nervous for every game. But NFL now, I don't get as nervous as that. If I go out there and play football now, it's just much easier to calm down, I guess because, you, you know, you got better athletes and better players around you, that you never have your back. So, it kind of eases your mind a little bit. Uh-
2: i know one of the things you talked about is having an opportunity that's something that jack del rio talked about in training camp that he gives players opportunities and when they take it yeah. he gives it to them uh, right. you're, you're the evidence of that i mean here you are you went from the practice squad not in one off season but you know that's where you were last off season here you are
3: right
2: starter jack del rio gave you that is he a player's coach how is he going to take on this new role you've gotten to know him a little bit because you fought for this position you have now um how is he going to take on the role of interim head coach? Is that going to affect uh, his ability to work with the players?
1: No,
3: nah, I, I, I think I think Zach will be fine um, as a head coach. As an interim head coach, I mean he's been a head coach before, and you know he he, he does a real good good job of commanding, um, you know, the players' attention, and uh, you know everybody in the, in the building respects him. So it's, it's really easy for people to listen to him, and him assume that leadership role that he's assumed. Um, and I don't think it'll take away from him um, as a as a defensive coordinator. and then he's just he's just more. Um, now he's just all over the field and all over. You know, he's kind of overseeing everything now. But it, I don't think it'll take it'll take away from him as a coordinator at all.
0: So, dude, we had um, we kind of had some insider knowledge and, and kind of knew that you would probably be a starter or at least considered for starting by week one. Just based on your training camp performances, but it was kind of interesting just watching my Twitter timeline. As soon as you came out on like game one and with eleven tackles, it was like girls were starting to be like, "Duke, what's up? What's your craziest like fan story?"
3: He said, "What game? Well, who was trying to be who was saying
0: Duke?" <laughs> so, so you're like on on Twitter, you became very popular kind of overnight once everyone saw you in week one, especially with it seemed like the female fans. What was the, what's the crazy story from, like, college or, or NFL? Like, what's the craziest fan story you have of someone trying to give your attention?
3: I, you know, I don't know, I man. I'm still fresh in the game, so um, I haven't had too many, uh, too many you know, crazy stories. And you know, football players, nobody really knows our faces, so it's not like you can just see us in public. And, I mean, unless you're, like, a quarterback or an offense player where you get the camera and you go the time, like, people just can't see us in the public and be like, and just be able to identify me. So I want to really get too many crazy locks. I can still go out in the public a lot and not be bothered. not say anything to me. Um, You're not getting I'm invited not. to go
0: snowboarding or anything. No one's, no one's like, hey, come to my place in Vail. I
3: got it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people say that. People, like, tweet me stuff like that all the time. But I I not have time to think it was just joking. and just to, want to say that, just to see what I'll say back. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can't, I can't really, lie. I can't... Yeah, I can't really tell you any stories. I, I like, literally, honestly, don't have any crazy stories, um, like over, like you know, over the top stories. Just basic stuff, like you just tweeting me stuff.
0: If you were if you were a safety, what would, what position would you want to be playing?
3: If I wanted, if I, I'd be a kicker. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, I'd be a kicker. I, I could just kill and kick all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you are you like a are you the third string kicker on the Broncos? Are you gonna be like like uh? No, I wish, w- I
3: wish, no, I wish, I wish, but uh, no, if I if I had to uh, if I was in the safety, what would I be? I mean, probably a linebacker. Honestly, I'll just gain some weight and then play linebacker.
0: You get called a linebacker anyway a lot by, by people who like basically a linebacker. He's going in there, is, well, you know, up to the line.
3: Well, I, mean, um, I, I I like to do, uh, I li- I just like to be all on the field. So uh, wherever the ball is, that's where I like to be. So um, if the ball's in the backfield, it just doesn't make any sense for me to be 30 yards deep. You know what I mean? Right. And so if the ball's so, in the backfield, if somebody's carrying it, then I'm coming up and I'm looking for, I'm trying to make the tackle. So that's just what it is.
0: So you constantly get called the hardest work- worker, like the hardest working person. You know, there's people referring to you as, a very hard worker, but how, how shed some light, um, for those out there that would that maybe need an extra push, like what is it that makes you the hardest worker or hardest working person?
3: Um, man, that's a tough one to talk about myself as a hard worker. I don't know. <laughs> um, I would just say, you know, I just, okay, last year on practice squad, I was on practice squad last year and Every Saturday, when the team um, was about to travel, or when the team did walkthroughs, or right before the team did walkthroughs, the practice squad players had to go lift. Do the do we had the extra lift, and it was the hardest lift ever. It was harder than all the summer training and you know, all the spring training, and I hated it. I really dreaded it. And I thought I told myself last year, and I don't ever want to be able to. Ha- I don't ever want to have to do that stuff again. So. I worked hard in the offseason, so I wouldn't have to do that. So that was part of my motivation. Um, but when working, I, I just I just want to be the best person. I mean, the best I could be. You know, um, no. I feel like you know people. Like I have I have high expectations of myself, and I feel like the only way I can achieve those expectations is if I work
1: hard.
3: Mm-hmm. And um, it sounds cliche, but. You know, somebody's always trying to outwork you. Somebody's always coming for your job. We're trying to get to where you're at. So you always got to outwork the next person. So when I'm working out in the off season or in the weight room or wherever, I'm always trying to outwork somebody. You know what I mean? I'm making a competition with myself. I'm making a competition with somebody else to outwork them. And I think that's where, you know, that's what people probably say, you know, do some hard work.
0: How cool is it to see yourself on a Pro Bowl ballot, though?
3: Oh, yeah, I saw that like today. I saw that today. I mean, who would have ever thought, right? (laughs) Who would have ever thought? San Jose State. Right. Who would have. I mean, honestly, man, honestly, I could have. If you would have told me I would have been in the Pro Bowl ballot, I would have said, Nah, not this year. You know, probably probably maybe the next few years after I got comfortable, but not this year. But it's a blessing. You know what I mean? Um, Shoot. I can't complain.
2: (laughs) So you're working hard just to to keep away from those practice squad workouts. You became a starter, and Avoiding the workout.
3: Oh, that's a scary that's a scary workout. I'm telling you.
2: Look <laughs> at we'll the Pro Bowl. You distance yourself even more from it. You get that Pro Bowl.
3: You can ask my you can ask my uh, strength conditioning coach. We used to hate those. Me and all the practice squad players, or everybody else was just chilling in meetings. We'd be out. We'd be in a weight room just dying. Um, so I, I just don't want to go back to that now. And obviously, you know, you, you want to, I want to play. You know what I mean? I'm a competitive guy, and I want to contribute. So all those teams play a factor in how hard I work in the off season, and, you know, how, how hard I continue to work.
2: That's fascinating. That's good stuff. I got a question for you about your teammates. The Broncos have okay. three really good cornerbacks. One of them has been hurt most of the season. They got Champ Bailey, Dominique Rogers-Cromartie, and Chris Harris Jr. Who's the mm-hmm. best of those three? Who's the best mm-hmm. cornerback? Oh, Chance <laughs> <Champs> the Best. Chance the Best? <laughs> chance the Best hands down?
3: Okay. Yeah,
2: Chance the Best. I can't argue with that. A guy has like
3: 10, 12, yeah. level, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come
2: on, man. That's <laughs> of
0: my brain. Who, who do you want on your side in a bar fight? Show up. Which one of those guys do you want on your side in a bar fight, though?
3: Like, uh, which one of those guys?
0: Yeah. Or Kayvon. Put uh, Kayvon. Kayvon. Kayvon in there, too.
3: Man, I want all those guys, man, because we're so close. We're so close as a a secondary, man, and we have each other's back. So if I was ever in a situation like that, I want all those guys with me because I just know that they'll be down and get me out of it.
2: Vaughn Miller, his impact on the defense, uh, have you felt it? Have you seen it two games in?
3: Yeah, yeah, no question. We lost the coast game, but we played better defense. The coast game when Von came back, you know. I mean, we were flying around, and and we were getting off the field on third down. And Von, he demanded a lot of attention, so it frees up a lot of other guys, a lot of other guys to make plays. And uh, the Washington game, just the same thing happened in Washington game. You know, we're able to make plays and play better defense because a lot of guys. Regardless of regardless of if he's mixing games or not, as soon as he comes back, people want to count for a lot. You know, what I mean that's kind of where he is, and that's how that's how good he is. Um, so he definitely makes everything easier on the D line, the linebackers, and, and us secondaries. I mean, our secondary players have to cover. So uh, yeah, Bob, his impact is crazy, man. You guys have
0: you guys have shut down some of the NFL's best running games uh, this season between the Sean McCoy. Um, even showing up running back star like Mike Vick and, and, uh, RG3, Ray Rice. The secondary has kind of felt that though because teams have had to, they've been forced to pass on you. Um, what is it like when you're just consistently under attack as like a, on an aerial attack? Are you guys yelling at the defensive line to get a sack or are you just like kind of gritting your teeth and burying it?
3: Yeah. We we don't yell to be lying and and blame there for us. For us, uh, you know, blowing coverages and, you know, giving up passing yards. We just stay grounded and just talk to each other and try to get it corrected. You know, this is a league with a lot of great players and, you know, good quarterbacks. And, you know, people can throw the ball and and we're going to get everybody's dead shot. You know, we understand that. So when people can play the Denver Broncos, they're going to come with the floor package. They're going to come with everything they got. And then, you know, we do a good job. We do such a good job stopping the run, and we get out to oftentimes we get out to a big lead, so they had no choice but to slink it around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it's something we need to work on, and we're getting better at. The last few weeks, we've gotten better at, um, but we're nowhere where we need to be, and you know we still haven't scratched the service yet, and we're going to get there.
2: You know, speaking of good defenses, the talk of this town. And we're talking to Dukey, not just star safety of Denver Broncos on the MHR radio podcast. Uh, the, the, the talk of this town right now, the talk of the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they're 9-0 the last undefeated team. I don't know how closely you've been able to follow them yet. We got this Broncos game with them on November 17th, a week away. But I'm sure you've seen a little bit here and there. Are they for real? Are Is this team for real?
3: This team, that, that team's for real, but we ain't worried about them right now. We worry about the Chargers, so, you know, when, when the time comes, we'll get some cheese. but right now it's, it's about the Chargers.
2: That's a good answer, and that brings me to my next question. What, what do you see from the Chargers? Phillip Rivers is having uh, the kind of season where people might be talking about him as MVP if it wasn't for your own quarterback, Peyton Manning. Uh, what do you see
3: from the Chargers? Oh, man. Um, Philip Rivers playing good, and, you know, he, he does a good job getting the ball out quick. So it makes, got, makes it got hard for um, people to get pressure on him. Um they do a good job getting the ball to two playmakers, um Antonio Jason and you know, Danny Wood you know, they're pretty good players. Um and we know that the record is not a you know, it's not a it's not indicative of how good of a team they are, you know. Um they lost a few games, um, but their their team they're they're a better team than the record shows and we're fully aware that, you know, we're going in there and it's going to be a tough one. I mean, last year we got out. Last year we went to um, San Diego and then we were down like 24 nothing, I think. It happened from something like that. Yep. And, you know, we were fortunate to get out of there and mm-hmm. win the game. So, you know, we're fully aware that we can go in there and uh, they, can, they can put up points on us and they can do all that stuff and, you know, play good defense. But So we just got to do what we got to do so we don't allow that to happen this year. So we don't have to have a thirty-five play
0: comeback. You know. <laughs> you're you're in a unique position um, as opposed to everybody else on the team in that you've played against Mike McCoy probably more than than anybody with the last year in the doing practice squad. Do you have any yeah. unique insight into like Mike McCoy's tendencies or anything that you've been sharing with anybody? Oh
3: man, you know what? I, I can't even. I don't know because you know a lot of that was probably paid. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't really say. I can't really say too much cause, um yeah, a lot of a lot of it has to do with tape so we just we're just game plan this week and we get the tape and, you know, figure out what we're gonna do from there. Are you
2: hungry for your first uh, interception? You came awfully close. I am, I am,
3: I am. You know what? I feel like I've been I've been getting close to the last um I I feel like I should have like Four interceptions right now, and <laughs> it, it hurts me, and I can't I can't let it you know I can't let it you know just bother me because if, if that's the case I'll probably never get one if I'm pressuring it or if I, you know. But I, I just feel like sooner or later I'm gonna get one, and they're probably gonna come in bunches, and you know I'm gonna keep all of them. I'm gonna keep all the footballs, um, so I can't wait for the first one though.
2: You, you saw Raheem Morgan and Raheem's your buddy YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. You saw him get his, and it was just, like, thrown right to him. Were, were you giving him giving him hell about that? Like, why can't I get a ball thrown to me?
3: Just- no, nah, nah, no question. I got one thrown to me, and I tricked it off. I got Uh-oh. one thrown to me, you know? And, um, you know, I don't know what happened, man, but I tricked it off. But, no, nah, I mean, when you get a pick, you get a pick. You know what I mean? Catching the ball is a skill. So, you know, you, you, I would love for it to get thrown, to out, everybody would. So, uh, at the end of the day, or at the end of the season, or – Whatever it says, it's gonna say Raheem Moore got a pick and that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> I wish I wish a lot of like fans got to see you do your trip your the tip drill that you guys do. Because it's you yeah. make it like a work of art. Like you're really fun to watch do the tip drill. <laughs> What's your favorite like kind of thing to do in practice?
3: Well, um we don't do it as much as we used to, but uh we used to have uh a thing called the Gowlet. They do that, the receivers do it you know, in the full combine. But they run down the line and we throw the ball from each. It's like four guys with footballs, and you run down the line, and a guy throws it from each side, and then when you get to the end, we throw a deep ball. So that's probably my favorite. Game. We usually do it on Fridays.
1: Okay.
3: And then Did we have like one hand. We have one hand Fridays. Um, I'm not as good as I used to be with the with one hand, but you know, I'm gonna redeem myself in these next couple <laughs> the weeks.
0: Which, who's the one receiver that you hope that you get uh, on the Broncos? Like every time you're like, I want to cover him because he's going to make me better. Is it is it West or is it Julius? Marius? Julius,
3: Julius, Julius. Yeah, all day. <laughs> he and yeah, he's, he, you know, he's, he's so he, he's, he's so good that if you line up on him, so many times it'll be it makes your life ten times easier than when you line up on Sundays against whoever the tight end is. And I really think he's you know a top. He's probably one of the top three tight ends, top five tight ends in the league right now, you know, and that's in the whole league. That says a lot. Um, so when he's line up on him, it's really just preparing you for anybody else.
2: And when he lines up on you, it's got to make him better too. Duke, thanks for coming on the program. We really appreciate it. We've been trying to get you on. Thrilled to have you on. Do you have, do you have anything you want to say to the Broncos fans of MHR? Oh,
3: man. Just keep rocking with us just keep supporting us and you know when we're trying to do big things this year and we appreciate we appreciate everybody's support and you know all, all the positive energy we are we so thank you absolutely thank you thank you right,
1: please no doubt you
3: know it's bad, man, and i'm such a mad man, mad man.
1: with that boom. boom you never had man here comes the move
0: Welcome back. That was Duke Iannaccio. Duke! Wow. <laughs> he, yeah, uh, he, he he shared a lot with us, actually. He, he told us about some things that I wasn't really sure that he would be willing to go into, so that was really cool of him.
2: Yeah, Duke's a man. I've always enjoyed talking with Duke. I enjoyed talking with him at training camp. I never got a one-on-one with him, but uh got to talk to him with a lot of the other reporters, and he's just an engaging guy. The second you learn to pronounce his last name, you're, he, he's on the same level as you. You're, <laughs> he's just having a conversation with you from that moment on. It's not like an interview anymore. You're just uh, hanging out. And it's really you're hanging still up. hearing announcers
0: say I, he, and Nacho, or uh, and the, however, they're, however they're pronouncing it. But you still hear it every now and you're like, dude, you have a pronunciation guide right in front of you. <laughs> there's three guys on the Broncos who have difficult names, and, and I would definitely make
2: sure that I understand how to pronounce I, and Nacho. Yep. And it's not that hard once you think, eat a nacho. I mean, that's how I think of it. I mean, if I'm hungry, I want to eat a nacho. Just get rid of the T. Eat silent. It's French. It's, it's a French nacho. That's an easy nacho.
0: <laughs> I wanted to ask him, I don't know if he's, there's barely any, Wesley Woodyard and Chant Bailey are all that come to my mind. Maybe Ryan Clady. There's not a lot of Broncos left who know about like this Chargers Broncos rivalry. And I wanted to
2: ask him about it, but I was worried he would have no clue. You got yeah, got pretty Rivers. much just champ. I mean, even Wesley Woodyard and Clay were only the last year or two of that big rivalry. Yeah. So we had the we had the Cutler filter Rivers screaming match. Chris Cooper was big; would have been into it too. But yeah, yeah I mean, this goes way back. I hate the San Diego Chargers. I just yeah. tweeted those words. I tweeted those words. I hate the San Diego Chargers the other night. And SB Nation like retweeted me. Said they asked the Chargers blog your response. <laughs> 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 I, I,
0: I mean of all the of all the fans in in the NFL, I mean, in New York, you get fans from everywhere, literally. The Chargers fans were the worst. And I thought that you were at a game, Kyle, where Broncos fans were literally getting beaten up. And it was a game where the Chargers blew out the Broncos. It wasn't like Broncos won, you know. Oh, yeah. But the, the, the Chargers had clearly won this game, but it was like 52 to whatever it was. You were there. Um
2: I'm going to be writing a blog post tomorrow. I mean, I'm sorry, Thursday. It'll drop Thursday. It'll drop before this podcast comes out. And it's a blog co- blog post I wanted to write for years, which is why I hate the San Diego Chargers. I've referenced it in the comments a bunch of times, my childhood story, why I hate the San Diego Chargers. It occurred to me I need to just write that bad boy down. And it basically comes down to the fact that Chargers fans suck. That's about it. <laughs>
0: I just yeah, they're not they're not classic people. I I, I guess I'll, I'll save my story for the second Chargers game because we might actually meet it then. But I, I've been invited to this game in San Diego twice. Um Avery's actually gonna be out there too. Avery Schlair who's a fan of the a, a friend of the show. I shouldn't have been a fan of the show, Brand Friend of the program. The we love it, Avery. Um she's gonna be at the game. Um got another friend who's going out to the game and I don't get invited. No no one wants to go to me with Broncos games when they're in Denver. (laughs) San Diego Chargers games, people are like, come to San
2: Diego. It's so close and convenient to you. Uh, I I got invited to this game, too. I'm not going. I got invited back in, like, June, and they were like, hey, Mile High Report. Come on, we're going to have a party.
0: Yeah. There's a a huge, um, a big tailgate, Broncos tailgate going on out there, and I don't know the details of it right now, but uh, maybe – find out about those guys on Facebook uh, if you're going to the game. So let's talk about our opponent. We, we mentioned our, our further schedule, but we have the San Diego Chargers this week. Mike McCoy is going up against Jack Del Rio. The, the game actually kind of got a little bit more interesting when he took Foxy out uh, because it's the defensive coordinator of the Broncos. That's Mike a like, great point. I did not yeah. think of that. And you got Mike McCoy. They're going head-to-head. Um, and he took Del Rio a little bit out of the defense um, in that he, you know he's now the head coach. Uh, so you're not taking, it's not McCoy versus John Fox anymore. It's now McCoy versus Del Rio. There's, the game gets more interesting because it's John Fox versus Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy might want to win. John Fox, you know, you've seen him shut it down against Dennis Allen in an unfortunate situation uh, for the Allen family, but I don't think Del Rio is going to give a sh** either way. <laughs> About Mike McCoy, <laughs> you know, Oh, we're winning by fifty-two. That's okay. Let's go for sixty.
2: <laughs> it's going to be interesting. the The Chargers, uh, they they're hot and cold. They look like world beaters one week, and then they look very beatable the next. And uh, the running game has really improved. Ryan Matthews looks a lot better. Danny Woodhead is a weapon. And,
0: uh, I think yeah. that might be the key in the game. Is is Danny Woodhead? How is How is uh, you know Danny Trevathan going to going to deal with? Uh, Danny Woodhead
2: that and Keenan Allen he's been exploding lately the last two games that they've played have been pretty remarkable actually Keenan Allen the rookie wide receiver yeah he broke 150 yards last week he's he's to me he's a first step he's stopping him um, making sure that he's bracketed in all, at all times which will force Phillip Rivers to hold on to that football a second longer and give Von Miller and Terrence Knighton of all people Terrence Knighton time to get <laughs> Philip Rivers
0: Terrence Knight had some, had some kind words to share about Jack Del Rio just saying you know Jacksonville really wasn't Del Rio's fault that in Denver he actually has talent to work with <laughs> <and> <laughs> I hope
2: he said that exact thing I mean, sorry, sorry Jaguars fans uh, the Jaguars fans hate us well, anyway <laughs> they
0: always beat us not always but they continuously beat us
2: for like uh, 15 years they beat us way more often than not
1: yeah
0: don't have, have Peyton Manning's number, but they, they certainly have the Broncos' number. Yeah. Um, San Diego Chargers. Yeah, remember the old days when we had to put Champ Bailey on Antonio Gates?
2: Yeah, that, didn't, that never worked.
0: <laughs> we just couldn't stop Antonio Gates. You know, Vincent Brown. Uh,
2: I, G- I don't know. Gates is not having a good year. He's, no. He's lots of stuff. And, you know you don't like to see that unless he's a Charger. and you yeah. like to see it.
0: Something's working for Rivers. Rivers, you know, you said it during the, the the interview with Duke. You take Peyton Manning out of the NFL, and Philip Rivers is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So he's doing something.
2: Yeah, he's actually keeping up a nice pace with Peyton. He'd be having a very, very remarkable record-breaking season if Peyton Manning wasn't already shattering them.
0: Philip Rivers um, it will be really good preparation for the following week, which will be Alex Smith. <laughs> that was complete sarcasm. <laughs> that was sarcasm, right? <laughs> I do not get how the Chiefs are. I, I, I do. I know exactly how the Chiefs are under right now, but they've played third-string quarterbacks for of the last five weeks.
2: There's one other and, key part to it that you have to credit them with. I agree. They, they've gotten the softest schedule, and even as far as their schedule goes, I don't think they're aware how many backup quarterbacks they've played. The other key to their success, and it's real, turnovers. They do mm-hmm. not turn the ball over, and they force turnovers. And they use that to kick field goals and field goals and win games and not throw any yards, And but they win games that way. They're taking care of the football better than anyone I can remember. And that is not a flashy statistic. That is not a big, sexy, 48-touchdown statistic. It's a, a fumble return. And the yes. Chiefs are winning off of the turnover ratio. That is the key to their success, in my mind.
1: Because they don't
0: win. They don't win last week against the Browns if they hadn't scored 14 points on defense.
2: You're absolutely right. Yeah, even without the kicker, even if you added his extra points back, they scored 12 points on defense and 11 points on defense or, and offense and special teams. I mean, it was, they they completely driven by their defense
3: and. Uh,
2: it was never more apparent than against Buffalo last week Yeah, <laughs> I said Cleveland, sorry. I was thinking of the previous week. Um,
0: and, again, against Buffalo, you're getting arguably a four-string quarterback because Kevin Cole started out as the starting quarterback in Buffalo, then he went to E.J. Manuel, then he went to – No,
2: it was tool
0: It was tool the whole time. No, no I'm saying tool oh. Chad is the string quarterback. Yes. <laughs> <You> gotta, <laughs> they got even luckier. Yeah, we just if if if, the, if Denver can beat San Diego, it would be a really. I'm really kind of hoping that we do beat San Diego, just so that we can be going up against Kansas City with like no, there won't be anything the Chiefs fans can say afterwards. They can't be like, oh, well, you lost to San Diego. Of course, you're gonna win against us. You got all that fury and anger. Like, no, I want to come in rolling,
2: and you guys are rolling, and I want to see the two steam engines just. Meet head-on and clash. As as far as the importance of games go, this one is far lower on the totem pole. It's the next. It's three weeks after that that will determine the seeding of the AFC. Chiefs, Patriots, Chiefs. If the Broncos sweep those three games, they'll be very comfortable heading into the last four weeks of the season uh, with the first seed you know, and, locked up. But if right. that, so, this Chargers game becomes less important. It really does, as far as that seeding goes. We want to beat the Chargers, but in the grand scheme of the playoff thing, this is the game. If we're going to lose one game in the next four weeks, it's best to lose this one because any of the others is a potential seed dropper.
0: Well, speaking of seeding, um, going into last week, San Diego was a sixth seed for the AFC playoffs. Broncos are still fifth no matter – the Broncos will be fifth until they beat Kansas City or if you know, as long as they beat – when they beat Kansas City, in the event that they beat Kansas City, they will no longer be a fifth seed. But for now, the Chargers are knocked out of the playoffs, so the Chargers have a lot to play for this week. Um, the Broncos, as as you said, Kyle, like it's not really that important compared to, let's say, the next you know three weeks.
2: The Broncos are coming off their bye; they're going to be healthier than they were two weeks ago. I'm, I'm really excited for this game and to see them uh, close out the end of the season. I wouldn't. I, I'm not. I, I don't want to be the Chiefs in the division. We need we need home field. At least, if we're not the one seed, at least beating the Chiefs in the division. I think I think they'll drop a game, maybe two, to, to end, near the end of the year. I don't know so if they can keep. I mean, turnover ratio is a sexy, not I mean, a not sexy statistic. It's a real one, but it's a little bit of luck too. It's the fumble getting recovered. It's the interception you know, getting thrown right to you, like Tool did twice. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of luck on Kansas City side too. I wonder if it'll run out.
0: And then one real quick thing I want to talk about before we wrap it up is uh, Nick Foles. (laughs) He's played, I think he started three or four games uh, in the NFL and he he beats Peyton Manning's record that hasn't been touched in the 60s.
2: Uh, He tied it. He didn't break it.
0: He tied it. Tied it. He tried it. Do you see Peyton, let's say just through whatever means in this, in the rest of the season, Peyton Manning has seven touchdowns. Do you see Peyton being like, Let me go out and get eight?
2: <laughs> instead of instead of Brock finishing out the game. But right. uh, let's let's wait and see on November seventeenth, shall we? Ooh, Kansas City. We're coming for you. <laughs> we're coming for you with eight touchdowns, Kansas City. Are you ready? How it, how's your defense gonna score fifty-six points, Kansas City? Yeah. Can't do it. He's only gonna throw seven interceptions. Therefore we're gonna win by one touchdown. It's
0: just a seven. <laughs> we'll make sure that uh, Batsy Ball and, and – uh, oh, I'm not even a Bonnie Hillman in that. Never mind.
2: I I take my quote back. I'm sorry. We
1: You're will going
2: down, AF West. You're going down, all y'alls. Here we come, Broncos. Here we
0: come. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, next week we got something pretty cool. Uh pretty funny actually we're we're uh, lining up for you guys. But thanks for listening and go Broncos.
2: Thanks to Nacho, again for joining the program. Thanks you guys for listening. Have right, a good night, everybody.
0: Hey, call your mother. Bye. Okay. Oh, dear.